Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham and 105, uh, 1.5 down south that all our the other stations uh, take this, this channel from. Alhamdulillah, we're here with you again this evening in lockdown, our first session in lockdown. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, we're alive, we're well, we're healthy here. I'm alive, I'm well, I'm healthy. Alhamdulillah, thank God. My name is Kathleen and I'm with you for the next hour presenting Parenting Hour. Uh, we are going to have a very important conversation this evening with somebody that I'm sure you've come across before in your um, working and networking, mashallah, the Muslim Women Healthline and Fereza Valid is, is, is very uh, well known in her field, mashallah, and they do a lot of very useful work there. And this evening we want to focus and bring you some information around um, what it may feel like being locked down and in your homes and situations that can occur and do occur in some homes and how we can deal with that and how we can and where can we go for support if we need that extra help. So salam alaikum, welcome to you this evening. Wa alaikum salam, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on UNTFM and I'm looking forward to our conversation that we're going to be having today. Wonderful. I am too, actually. So it's a real learning opportunity for me as well. Okay. Uh, indeed. And I suppose our listeners, most of them will have come across your name and come across the Muslim Women, Help Network, the Muslim Women Network previously. But in case they haven't, maybe we should start at the start. And if you can introduce yourself and introduce what do you do? Okay, so I'm the executive director of the Muslim Women's Network UK. Uh, we are a women's rights organization fighting for the rights of uh, women and girls across the country. And we have a national helpline, which is culturally and faith sensitive. It's called the Muslim Women's Network helpline. And we are now in our sixth year. And Alhamdulillah, in our first year, we helped 300, just over 350 people. And last year, it was over 1,200 individuals. Um, the range of issues that we deal with are, is from anything from domestic abuse, which we'll be talking about today, uh, to forced marriage, to mental health issues, isolation. Um, and, and those are really sensitive topics that we you know, work on. And ultimately, what we're providing is information, advice, and support for those in need and those in crisis. Wow, that's a lot of work you're doing. And you're based in Birmingham, but I presume you're national, that you get calls and people contacting you from all over the UK. Yes, we are based in Birmingham, but we are national and we do get calls from across the country. Um, Birmingham and London are our top two cities, but we get calls from pretty much every other city also. Sadly, these problems exist in all our communities and in society generally. Um, so it's really important for people to have a sp safe space um, to, to really share what they're experiencing and get the help that they need. Mm, that is so true. And especially when we're all now at the moment in lockdown in our homes, we rely on internet and phone calls and having contact over the phone with people. But mashallah, you've been up and running for six years, so you're very used to this. You didn't have to change a lot, I assume, 
when we went into lockdown, did you? Or, or no, did no. So our helpline usually operates from a central location in Birmingham. Uh, so we have an office and the helpline operates, but we are now operating remotely. Um, and Alhamdulillah, you know, we managed to do that a week before the lockdown and our staff are now adjusted to this new way of working. It does take some adjustment, I have to say, um, but we're set up, we're making sure that the lines are still confidential, that people have privacy in their homes. Um, you know, every, all our staff have set ground rules with their families, so when they're working, they're not being interrupted. Um, we're making sure that, you know, all, all the safety elements, the GDPR elements, no one likes to hear about GDPR, but it's important, particularly um, on a helpline setting. Um, so we've got all of that covered now. And Alhamdulillah, we're still able to offer the helpline service Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Um, and, and what we're finding is that sometimes it may not be as easy to pick up the phone to make a call. So we have had an increase in the number of emails we're receiving, web chats, so you can go onto the MWN helpline website and you can have a web chat with us. It's still the same people responding to the calls who have all been trained. You know, our, I have to say the Muslim Women's Network does train its staff very hard and we have a really good understanding of the breadth of issues that Muslim women may be facing uh, in their lives. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. That's really good that you have had those high standards, MashaAllah, and really reassures people that, that you're with the confidentiality, I suppose, it's when you're at home that they don't know who's listening to you, etc. So to have that in place, that's really good and to maintain that. How do you manage, which I presume with all your workers, you have a lot of people on the phones and transferring those calls just from a logistic purpose. How do you manage? <laughs> Okay, so our, our calls are VoIP calls, which are um, internet, is an internet phone line. And so our calls have been diverted, but they've been diverted securely. We use a company, an IT company to do that. Um, so the calls are not being handled by people on their personal mobiles. It actually goes through kind of still a work system. So I think this is all really important because we take the security and the safety of our callers um, you know, super seriously because people call us with really complex situations mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that what we do in supporting them does not jeopardize them in any way. Um, and calls, like I said, range. And particularly in the last few weeks, what we're finding is that mental health is being affected. I think we'll all agree that we've all had some difficulty in the past few weeks um, you know, just readjusting to this new normal. Um, and, and that's not easy for everyone. Um, so just, you know, for somebody who's maybe now having to work from home, now has the kids at home, um, it has been, you know, adjustment that has needed to happen. But now think about the person who may have been in a domestic abuse situation where, you know, I think, we, we're all familiar with domestic abuse as a term, um, and many of us know that it's not just physical abuse, but it can also be emotional abuse, sexual abuse, psychological abuse, financial abuse, economic abuse, um, even harassment, stalking, online and digital abuse. All of this comes within this broader definition. And 
recently an inclusion in the domestic abuse definition was something which is called coercive control. Now, coercive control is really about, it's like a pattern of behavior where a person can be threatened with assault, humiliation, intimidation, um, the victim may be punished or ways to frighten the victim are used. And what makes the situation of control possible is isolation. So isolating the individual, the victim from support, exploiting them, depriving them of their independence, regulating their everyday behavior is usually the kinds of things that happen when someone is being coercively controlled. Now let's think about the current situation in the lockdown where we're all at home, where we're already physically isolated from our friends, from our family, from our workplace in many instances. And those can be kind of the safety net that the, that the victim of abuse um, may, may you know, get through their day with. But those things aren't there. So I think it's really important for us to talk about coercive control right now and what that means to individuals um, who are experiencing it and how hard that must be when you're already isolated and then to have this additional control happening to you. Yes, uh, I quite agree with you. Indeed, we have had a lot of parents coming, uh, looking for support and help with their own children to deal with their own children. And then on top of that, if we have a situation like this where there's something going on, there's something not right in the family, um, and it could be Either way, you know, we, t we tend to think of abuse usually of men on women, but it can be the other way around, women on men. Yeah. Well, so we need to be aware of that. Yeah. It's, it's really heartbreaking, actually, to, to think of this, because a lot of people, when they look at abuse, they think physical abuse, and that's what first comes to their mind. Exactly. So they don't know about coercive control and what does that mean. So maybe, actually, if you don't mind, unpicking that a little bit more about what would that look like? What would that be in a situation for, for people? How would they recognize this? Well, co coercive behavior, um, like I mentioned, is often, it often starts with isolating you from your family and friends. Mm -hmm. So in the current situation, it may be that the isolation happens where the controller, and you're right, it's not always, you know, um, females who are the victims men can be the victims of abuse also but the majority i have to say especially with the calls we receive on the helpline are women are the victims of abuse so the isolation right now could happen where the perpetrator doesn't allow um the victim to make calls to their friends and their family right now we're all connecting with skype chats uh you know facetime whatsapp calls and that's how we're getting through our day we're calling our friends and our family. But that further isolation may be where you're not allowed to make those calls. Your phone is taken away from you. Mm. It could also be things like depriving you of basic needs like food. Now, right now, we know that there was a lot of panic buying going on. I'm hoping people have now calmed down a little. Uh, but there is still kind of, you know, food that needs to be considered and availability of food. So it could be that rather than money being spent on necessities for the family, actually that money is being used on other things, you know, which aren't necessary. And actually what happens is that essentials are deprived from the victim. Um, 
Um, things like monitoring your time, like how much time are you spending in the kitchen when you should be in the lounge with me, talking to me, spending time with me. It could be, you know, um, that the abuse, emotional abuse gets more. So calling you names, putting you down, humiliating you, degrading you happens more regularly. Um, there's also an element of controlling of finances, which I think I've alluded to with the shopping and the purchasing of food, but it could be now you don't have access to your bank account. Um, your cards have been taken away. You're not able to make purchases yourself. So these are things that could be happening right now. And like I said, um, we as a community need to really have a zero tolerance on all forms of abuse, not just physical abuse. Um, so that we need to be looking out for the people we know may be at risk, our friends, our family, checking in on them regularly. Um, and maybe we can talk about uh, some of the warning signs that we can, we can look out for also. Yeah, that, that would be very, very good indeed, because I was just going to ask you, how could we recognize this? Uh, yeah. Which leads us into the warning signs, I suppose, because maybe some people are in relationships that are the normal relationship is similar maybe to what you're talking about you know the the wife there mightn't have her own money coming in she may rely on, on her husband buying the shopping and doing things and now that he's maybe out of work or whatever things are tough anyway and um it's which it's it seems very close to what you're saying but it may not be course of control there it may be that things are just are just tough so it's it's hard to unpick some of the things so maybe we could explore that a bit more about this and how would I guess I guess you're right though that it's not always clear-cut and sometimes it's hard you know we we often get women call the helpline and they don't re realize that they are in an abusive situation because often control and power and intimidation happens subtly. It happens bit by bit, not in one go, you know. Um, and that's why sometimes the physical abuse is easier to recognize as abuse, but the other forms of emotional abuse, economic abuse, um, is not as easy. And it happens little by little, um, and the person over time um, realizes that actually they are in an abusive situation. So as friends and family, you're right, there's definitely gonna be added strain right now, um, but there are things that we can do um, to really look out for one another, but also if in doubt, speak to someone, I would say. There are lots of organizations, the Muslim Women's Network Helpline is one of them, but there are lots of organizations out there who are able to offer support. We're still open, we're still working, um, and we're able to provide information, advice, support, um, and just be that sounding board. If something doesn't feel right to you, ask someone about it, would always be my advice when it comes to these sensitive issues. So if there was somebody listening in and knew of somebody that, from what you're saying now, that sounds like my friend, that sounds like what she's been going through. Um, she's never mentioned anything to me, but what you're talking about this evening really sounds very familiar to me. What could she do? What could she do about her friend? How could she help her friend? I would definitely say seek support. Um, 
keep a log of kind of instances or write it down kind of the things that you don't think are quite right i think it's important for us to kind of um be able to look at these things objectively also there's certain things that um other organizations are recommending so right now a lot of people are worried about finances it's a very real situation um however the person may be worrying more than you would expect from them so they express high levels of concern higher than actually the norm right now um so and that's the reason i say that is because someone experiencing economic abuse might express um like concern or distress about the change in income and they might tell you that they're struggling to manage on a reduced income or say that their budget or allowance from their partner has been reduced um but like you're saying it's a fine line um with questions you can kind of discover more is that just normal because you know less is happening right now but we also know that the government is putting in support for individuals who you know like furloughing is something that some companies are doing um also universal credit is being made more available more quickly so there are other things which are happening so if nothing if it's not abuse if nothing else what you'll do by seeking support for that individual is get them information and advice which may be useful for them and that's worth it you know um it could be that the person says to you that actually i don't i i can't access my money um which seems quite strange a lot of us do have you know banking on our phones banking online um why does the person not have access to their money um it could be that um actually work was something that um the abuser used um you know so, so so work is something which is which is interesting sorry what i'm trying to describe is that it may be that an abuser pressurizes someone to leave their job in order to further isolate them so what we found with women who have children they can and this is a worry right now they can often be pressurized to leave their jobs because they are seen as the homemaker so the kids are at home right now and so the woman needs to leave her job um but actually it's not just to look after the kids it's because the abuser wants to control that uh woman's behavior and have her at home uh where he then has you know her at his beck and call um and is able to further isolate the individual so it may not be as simple we're all making these decisions about our lives right now to work not to work how to manage the kids um and like i said it's not straightforward but i think the further isolation um of individuals should be questioned we should be asking our friends you know haven't spoken to you for two weeks you know why not mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so important actually because now in this isolation period we as you mentioned when we first started we're all feeling the stress of this uh, you yeah. know because we're all worried about what's happening out there we're all worried about this disease who could catch it what relatives but so we're that underlying stress is affecting us all even as professionals and we're all trying to adapt to that into our daily routines and get on with our work but if you have uh further people on top of you and saying no you must leave your job and you need your job is to educate the kids and your job is to cook their meals and your job is to be here for them that 
is very difficult. That is very different. And yeah, we need to pick up on that. So we've, I mean, we've spoken about economic abuse and emotional abuse and coercive control. We also do need to speak about physical abuse. Mm. Physical abuse is a big part um, of abuse and does happen and is happening regularly to women across the country. Um, there's been an increase in the number of calls to national helplines on this issue, just even over the weekend. Okay. Um, so we know that home is not always a safe place for everyone to be. Um, and spending more time with an abuser may increase your risk of being harmed and, and actually keeping safe, you know, is really difficult. Um, and so normally going to work or going to stay at a friend's house or a family member's house, maybe something that people do to get away from the abuser. And that's not a possibility right now. Um, and so we are worried about these women and men who are in these abusive situations. But what we need to say is that help is available. So while we strongly urge everyone to like follow the government guidelines in terms of COVID-19, stay at home. If you are at risk of, and if your safety is at risk, then you need to call 999, seek help, and help is available. That's such an important message to get across, isn't it? The help is still there. Everything, the systems are still working in place. Yeah. Organizations like yourself are, are still working, all doing everything uh, in a different way, but still doing everything. So the help is there. And whereas before a woman might have managed to get through it and said, okay, um, you know, he goes to work at eight o'clock in the morning. He's not home until seven o'clock in the evening time. I've only got a couple of hours to kind of keep out of the way and keep out of his way while before. But now he's at home all day. That's very different. And you need to be able to understand your body, what your body is telling you when you're not feeling safe and to respond to that and, and pick up that phone and, and make those calls. It, is there something, and I don't know if we get a chance to do this actually before the commercial break, but we will continue it if not afterwards. Is there a way that um, women could, if they didn't want to leave now, what should they do? What I'm trying to say, what should they do? How should they prepare themselves to be ready if, if to make that call? So maybe yeah. they're, they're in the situation, but they are not quite why they're, or they're not confident enough to do this, but what should they be doing in the meantime? So that's something we call safety planning. And I think, you know, making the decision to leave a situation is difficult. Firstly, I think definitely ask for help. So contact an organization like the MWN Helpline or other organizations and speak to someone to help you think through your safety plan. Um, but I would say also keep in touch, find ways to keep in contact with your family, who you trust, friends, neighbors, and colleagues that you can turn to for support if you need it. And I think after we come back from the break, we can definitely talk about other support which is available um, in terms of safety planning. Also, if your mobile phone is being monitored more than usual while you're at home, um, you know, there are ways that you can kind of ensure your safety with organizations. Like I said, emails, web chats, contacting organizations using those modes um, 
can is possible and can be done. Um, so safety planning is definitely something that uh, victims of abuse should consider. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I think it's really important for us to to talk about this after the break because um, I'm going to in a bit more detail because at the moment, with everybody being at home as well, the internet is really stretched. I know in our house, everybody wants a piece of it and everybody's working from home. So, And all the neighbours have children doing homework and trying to do things. So internet is really at a stretch. So we need to look at what could we do if, if, those, if the people were in these situations, how they could uh, react quickly with internet not being there, maybe able to support them or uh, and what should they have in place for this? So I, I think we, we still have a lot to talk about. Um, can you just give out the, the details again of the helpline just before we go into the commercial break and then we can remind people again to grab a piece of pen and paper if they um, didn't get it after the break. Yeah, sure. So the Muslim Women's Network Helpline website is www.mwnhelpline.co.uk. The phone number is 0800-999-5786. And the email address is info at mwnhelpline.co.uk. Wonderful. And as you said, you're open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Yeah. Somebody there. The phones are ringing. Yeah. And if you email us or contact us and leave us a voice message, we'll pick it up, you know, as soon as we open. So even if you contact us outside of those times, as soon as we're back in the office or working from home at our desk, <laughs> then we're going we're gonna to pick up your message and we will contact you back. Wonderful, great. We're just coming to a commercial break, uh, listeners. Please do tune into us after this commercial break, and we'll be back to talk to you more about how to plan and what advice you can give. Maybe it's not for yourself, but maybe it is for your neighbor, for your sister, people that around you that trust you. And we all need to have this information. So please do tune into us again after this commercial break, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> 